This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I am joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, it is championship season. Let's go. I, I mean, I'm very excited because we're that much closer to bender season. I love championship season, right? This is what we train for. This is what we do. But Saturday night, make no mistake about it. Bender season is around the corner. I cannot wait. And as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? Gentlemen, I am happy to be here because let me tell you, I almost didn't make it today. This is, this is some wild stuff that happened to me. So I got a little story for you, fellas. I was up in Maine this weekend. I was going for a run, early morning run on the beach, just beautiful beach running. And immediately after the run, you immediately get to jump in the ocean. It's the best part about running near body water. So I jump in the ocean. I notice the waves are pretty rough. And I'm, I'm like scared, but just like, ooh, it's going to be a little tough to get back to shore right now. Got to catch the right wave. Anyway, go in, have breakfast, come back out. I notice the lifeguard has a black and red flag on the lifeguard stand. And apparently one of those flags means like, don't go in. There's a riptide or whatever. So I'm thinking, wow, I'm pretty badass for saving it. But there's more. The other flag means there's a giant freaking shark in the water. So from the shore, you could see this huge fin just coming out, not that far offshore, just, just swimming around. It would like pop up for like maybe a minute of time, then go under, then it'd pop up just like 10 yards away. And just like all these gawkers are on this like beach just staring at it. We went and like grabbed the knocks and are just getting the close-up view of the knocks. It was, yeah, <laughs> you got the knocks, all right. It was terrifying, but me, you know, that shark was clearly scared of me. It was clearly staying away from this guy right here because he didn't want nothing. He did not want to mess with me. So anyways, boys, I'm glad to be here. I almost got lost at sea. Trento, there's no shame in this. Like, please be feel free to admit, how much did you exaggerate that story? Zero. There's no shame. There's no shame. There's no shame. Zero. It was a baby shark. It's fine. (laughs) Maybe it was a baby shark, but the fin was massive. I don't know the size of fins on baby sharks versus the size of fins on adult sharks. I'm not like a marine biologist or anything like that, but it was a shark. That's all I can say. Dude, if you have a shark encounter that day, my friend, <laughs> if, if there, you have a shark encounter, there's no shame in exaggerating it, right? Like you, <laughs> you should be allowed to exaggerate the story. So if you are exaggerating, no, no complaints here. I just, one day I want to know the real story. If I was exaggerating, I wouldn't admit it, but well, I am not exaggerating. Was the lifeguard just like, what the hell are you doing, dude? Get the hell out of the water. So the lifeguard wasn't on duty yet. That was the thing. Uh-huh. It was an early run. I went back and then like 45 minutes later, went down to the beach. And that's when they had like put up their flags or whatever. And they had called, you know, the, the Mr. Ocean cop who came in with this fancy telescope to look at this thing and identify it and tell us that it definitely was. Hold a on. Shark. Hold on. I feel like if they have the ability to put up a flag saying that there's a shark in the water they should maybe put together some extra precautions to either let people know what that flag means or tell people that there's a shark in the water so th- the flag was not up yet right but you would okay. think they swear like they just this lifeguards must have shown up right when i got out saw a shark and put the flag up. that's what must have happened 
Okay. All right. And at the 27 Video Production Studios, we got Pro Flow. Flow, how you doing, bud? Steve, I'm good. I had probably the best moment so far um, from being a part of the show the other day. So for you guys who aren't aware of this, uh, Deion Sanders, primetime, just joined Barstool Sports, looking for a video guy. So I'm driving up to my game where I'm coaching this weekend. And when I get out of the car, I look at my phone. My phone is blowing up. The peak too early, whoever was running it, credit to whoever was running it here, um, had reposted it saying, let's get 27 uh, videos, some looks. And, you know, I had a number of people commenting that, uh, you know, 27 video flows your guy. He's the man like do it. And it was all people I have never met before and just fans of the show. And obviously fans of me, which makes me feel pretty good. You know, this can be a lot of work and, you know, at times it's like, oh man, here we go with a couple more hours of work to go. But to actually see that people are listening, people, you know, it's a pretty cool feeling to know that people out there carry. And I, uh, I DM'd every single one of them saying thank you. And they all had some, uh, some nice things to say. So shout out to the nice little, uh, P2E family that we're building here and we're going to keep it going. So thank you to everyone that uh, shouted me out the other day. I mean, Flo, we, we would hate to lose you, but man, if you got a shot to, if you got a shot to work with prime time, you got to take it. Right. And we would happily, we would happily hand you off to the greatest uh, defensive back cornerback of all time. So um, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. That everybody kind of jumped in and was messaging. Hey Flo, you got a lot of fans out there, but I want you to know your three biggest fans. Right here. Right here. <laughs> Listen, don't get me emotional. Hey, shocker, I got a little emotional. I looked at my phone. I have all these, all of a sudden I have fans. I mean, I get emotional at absolutely uh, anything. So it's big shocker. But yeah, it was awesome. Oh, boy. All right. So we're doing it a little different this week. So I, I feel like every time we do an episode like this, we say that we want to do it more often. You know, it's just, it's just the boys, right? It's just the, it's just the, uh, the four of us, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the five of us. Nope, there's four of us. <laughs> if you're having trouble it's with just, math tonight. It, it's, just, it's just the four of us on the podcast. No guests because we got the P2E two-mile coming up. So we got some stuff. We got a lot of races we want to go through. We want to pump up the two-mile. So uh, we're just going to be hanging out, chatting, no guests. And, you know, when I listen back to these episodes, I think the episodes, you know, I, I love to have guys like Ryan Hall on, right? Like those are, those are huge moments for the podcast. But sometimes it's when it's just us hanging out, those are sometimes the most fun episodes. So I'm looking forward to this one. So Steve, I don't I don't think we do it on purpose, but I think subconsciously somewhere when we have like a big guest on or something like that, it's in the back of our mind that it's like, oh man, if they listen back to this, like we want to make sure like you know, we don't we don't sound like morons or we like don't do something stupid. So like maybe somewhere deep down subconsciously I get held back a little bit. But listen, when we got no guests on the show, the chances of going off the rails go way up so watch out world <laughs> some some stuff might fly tonight that you don't know what's coming so that's that's all i'm saying yeah i mean you're, you got you got to be somewhat professional when you're when you're dealing with kind of some of these big names in the sport but when it's just us hanging out it's like being back in the locker room it's like you know just just let it fly baby well if there was ever uh, an episode that i wish i was drinking for it's this one but as as you three all are but i'm locked in i'm focused this week it's race week so no drinking oh. for me that's, See, that's, that's that's your first mistake. Yeah, Did you not listen to Ryan Hall me. last week? Biggest Ryan Hall said Ryan Hall said not to cut in the days before the race. You got to keep it normal flow. We've always said 
race week, championship week, the most important part of championship week is keeping it normal. Don't disrupt your routine too much. And if that means, you know, on a Tuesday night, your podcast and having a few too many beers, it's championship week. Keep it normal, buddy. So gentlemen, I, uh, speaking of championship season and getting on the track and getting ready for this big race, I did my final workout last night, just kind of, you know, loosen up the legs, do a little speed stuff, feeling fast, feeling good. And I encountered something in the wild that I wanted to talk to you a little about. So I'm there doing my, my repeats and stuff, crushing it, by the way, Flo. And this dude comes out from his car. And already from his car, I'm getting kind of a weird vibe from trying to figure out what's going on here. And he's walking down to the track. And it's like, it's pretty late at night now. It's probably like 730, starting to get dark. This guy moseys on down to the track, already shirtless, wearing... You know, I don't even know how to describe it. They're like plaid, those like plaid, like I guess dress shorts, like, you know, something you'd wear to like a barbecue or something like that. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm talking like plaid shorts. You can see like the tops of the boxers kind of like peeking out with a belt, right? With a belt. And he's wearing Vans. So already I'm like, what is this guy up to? He immediately gets down to the track doesn't like no warm up, no nothing, just hits the track and boom. He's this dude starts knocking out 400s. I mean, he's just crushing 400 repeats at this random track at 7:30 at night in plaid shorts with a belt and vans. And I'm like, I, my mind is in a pretzel. I'm trying to figure this guy out because I now I'm curious. I start like secretly timing his 400s. And I mean, he wasn't lighting the world on fire, but I mean, he was consistently knocking out like 77, 78s, like solid splits. This guy is moving pretty quick. So I guess I wanted to pose this to you guys, trying to figure out what is this guy's deal, right? Like, is this, this could be one of two things. Like this could be just some like, kind of like degenerate, doesn't know what he's doing and is like, this is like his one workout of the year. He just goes all in on and has no idea what he's doing. Or this is the greatest track athlete of all time who was never introduced to the sport, never like has no knowledge of like proper equipment or what you're supposed to be doing out there. And just has so much natural talent that he can show up wearing a goddamn dress belt and starts just smashing 77s all night. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure this guy out. What do we think? I love this guy. I absolutely <laughs> love this guy. I mean, ignorance is bliss. He doesn't need to know. Like, he probably doesn't even know like, the difference between running in vans versus running in running shoes, right? Now, I, I fear for the chafing that must go on with the kind of shorts he's on. And I also, just side note, uh, Mike, I love that you called it dress shorts because I am a believer that there are such things as dress shorts that you can wear shorts in very formal settings. Um, so I appreciate you calling out that he had yeah, dress shorts Yeah, but on. I think there's a difference between like, there's varying levels of dress shorts too, right? Like there's dress shorts that you'd wear. to like a nice occasion, maybe like some like golf shorts or something like that. These I would say are like slightly below dress shorts. These are like high school, like, you know, going over to your friend's house or like going out on a date to the movies kind of shorts. Like a lot like of pockets. Yeah. A lot of pockets. Mm. Just, you know, the crazy colored plaid shorts. I mean, yeah. just a lot going on there, but okay. anyways, I digress. Mike, you know who this is? No, this I is don't. The, That's what I'm trying to figure no, out. No, no, no. This is the running equivalent of Jimmy from Hoosiers. 
right? <laughs> this guy is not about the glitz and the glam of the sport. He's not about the fancy things. He's just in it for the love of the game. He likes going out in the backyard, shooting on his dirt hoop, just kind of, you know, you know, playing the game when he wants to play the game. This guy, he gets the itch. He's got his cargo shorts on. He's got his vans. He's got to go let that itch out. And he might be getting out on the track, hammering some 70-second 400s, but he's just in this for the love of the game. He's not training. He's not training for a race. He's not training to impress anybody. He's not getting the nicest equipment. He's just going out there and getting the running out of, getting the running out of his system. It sounds like he gets off work and he just needs to get that workout in before he goes to bed at night, right? Like he goes over there and that's just like this burning desire to get on the track and just do whatever. Like I'm, and the fact that he was consistent with it just is, just goes to the willpower that he had. Like I'm going to get on this damn track. I'm going to do 400. And I tell you what, it makes me feel like a big old baby for all the times I've said, I can't run because I don't have running shoes in my car. Right? Like I didn't get out there in my basketball sneakers or my, you know, boat shoes or whatever. So this guy is making me feel like an inadequate person to even talk about running on the podcast. I went to the gym yesterday and, uh, you know, I, I forgot my, you know, my, I had, I kind of have like cross trainers that I lift in and kind of do gym specific stuff in and I forgot them. And I just had my running shoes and the whole workout, I was complaining in my head, just saying, if I had the right shoes, I'd be, I'd be doing better in this workout. But really, I should have just had this guy's mentality. Doesn't matter what's on your feet. Get out there. Crush the workout. I think you guys are all so far off on this. The fact that you guys are all jealous of this guy. This guy is one of the most unhappy people in the world right now. When I, this reminds me of me. When I was working, my first job out of school, hated it. Then I'd have to take the commuter rail for 45 minutes, sweating, just to get home to drive 10 minutes to my parents' house where I was living in the basement. I would do that and I would just drive as fast as I could to the driving range. I'd get a large bucket of balls and people I know looked at me like, what is wrong with this kid? Cause I was hit, I would hit my driver like 200 times in about six minutes and then I'd leave. So, so this guy just getting his frustration out. His, his, his wife and kids were giving mm-hmm. him, were giving exactly. him crap and he, mm-hmm. you know, dinner was a mess. And so he just walked out, got in the car, mm-hmm. drove down to the local track and just hammered his frustration. out. I of know that guy. You know I know that, exactly who that guy is. That's a way more likely it. story that Flo, you nailed it on the head. That is exactly what this guy is doing. <laughs> I know he's exactly like, who he's he like, is. I got, I got no idea what to do with this anger, this, this frustration. I got to let it out somehow. I'm just going to rip 400s. Cause you think I, about the golfers at the driving range are like is this kid serious right now like i was hitting 15 balls as they line up one shot and they're like this they're probably talking about me on a golf podcast figuring out what was wrong with me but well, this I guy love in the a suit just shows up with just pissed off and takes a seven iron and is hitting him rapid fire i love the image of this guy just like his as he's leaving the front door his wife is screaming something his baby's just crying in the background is what where are you going he's just like i'm going for a ride and just slamming the door behind him he's like taking his shirt off before he even gets into the car like tosses it into the back seat shows up on the track and starts ripping 76s i mean that's what i kind of wish i talked to this guy now i kind of wish i was like hey man it's gonna be all right here on the track like tonight that's all that matters. It's going to be all right. Damn, There's a really whole cool. lot of worse ways that you could take out that anger <laughs> and frustration than on the track. Oh, man. He I did not it. want to talk to you, Mike. I promise. Yeah. yeah. I promise. <laughs> did he have headphones in, Mike? No. No. Absolutely. You think this guy's coming to the track with headphones? Absolutely not. He came with the clothes, half of the clothes on his body. That's it. 
what's like what's that dissing for that i think i show up like half naked to almost every place i run from about like march to november i suppose i mean i'm talking this guy probably still had his wallet in his back pocket i mean (laughs) this guy was not prepared to be on a track so uh, well, I'm glad we figured that out, Flo. Thank you. Uh, I was My mind was in a pretzel, but I'm seeing the world much clearer now. All right, Mike, let's kick off the running news. All right, Steve, do you want the good news or the bad news first? I'll leave it up to you. Give me some good news, Mike. Good news. All right. That's a, usually not the way we start going good news to bad news but i guess that's how we want to do it tonight good news is we had a ton of racing this weekend i mean this weekend literally just felt like a normal sports weekend we had playoff basketball playoff hockey baseball on the tv and we had diamond league track and when i say diamond league track i mean this was like real diamond league track there was fans in the stands this might be the only sport in the world that had like half a full stadium of just fans everywhere i mean very little precautions taken they didn't care the diamond league is just going all in on this and there are so many results to get into i don't even i don't even know where to start so can we start that is here? the good news can we start, start here speaking of the stadium i mean this stadium in monaco might be like one of the, it's probably the greatest track stadium in the world. I mean, maybe you might be able to throw uh, the the new Hayward field in, in Eugene into this, into this uh, conversation, but that stadium looks unbelievable to run in. Mm. I mean, it's like, it's set up where I think, I think when a stadium gets, gets too big, it's just like, you know, built to like fit as many people in it as possible. It, it, it kind of tips over where it's cool and new. And it's just like, this is just too much. It's built with just enough seats. So you get just enough people in there to kind of cheer and go crazy without it being too much. You kind of get that cool look at kind of the, the city or the mountains with the, it's kind of got the, the cool arches over the side. You got all the high tech lights on the track. The track is bouncy running fast times. You got all the cool video equipment. I mean, I think this track is just unbelievable. It's on. I think I was watching this, this diamond league and it could be that I'm just so starved for sports, but I'm sitting there watching it. And I'm like, okay, going to a race in Monaco is officially on my sports bucket list. For sure. I, I mean, am I being ignorant and saying that like the whole like world record lights thing, and maybe we're burying the lead by getting to this later, but the world, the world record lights thing. I mean, is that just like the new normal? Like I'm sure they've done it before, but it just seems like every big track meet now, those green lights that show the pace on the inside of the track there of the world record, you're starting to see that more and more. And I love it. I love it because if it hypothetically, if you have a world record attempt and a guy happens to hypothetically be completely by himself, it gives it look it's almost like he's erasing somebody. It it almost looks like you have like a head to head matchup of this hypothetical guy versus these crazy green lights of the world, you know, the the ghost of a hypothetical Kanisa Bekele chasing yeah. him down. I mean, the new normal, very cool. I want to see it all the time. If you can't if you have a pacer in a race, then why can't you have these lights? I get sure. I get how you couldn't do it in the Olympics or for a national championship. But if it's a diamond league, if you're trying to break records, absolutely put those lights on. 
you guys make all good points here, but I just want to be the old guy, you know, get off my lawn guy real quick. It just weirds me out. I just don't like it. It just is, you know, too much. The beauty of the track, it's this simple, you know, 400 meter loop that these guys run around. There's, there's plenty of clocks. They can figure out if they're on world record pace or not. <laughs> they got people telling them what their splits are the whole time. They know exactly what they're doing. We don't need Trent the lights Lincoln. on the ground. You, you know, you, when you're a mile and three quarters into a 5k and you're trying to do that pace math in your head like your brain isn't working and you're trying to figure out what you know the split like 742 means come on give me a break are you trying to tell me that you always knew where you were at in a race of course just based on the time give me of course you guys you guys do bring up a good point though but because pace math is a significant part of the sport right if you're not like in halfway through a 5k and breaking down and it, and it looks, you know, if it doesn't look like a beautiful mind with all the numbers kind of going <laughs> by your head or, you know, like uh, will hunting at the chalkboard, you know, breaking down all the, all the equations, if that's not going through your head in the middle of a 5k, then you're not really racing. So that you do bring up an interesting point that pace math is a significant part of the sport. So we've, we've waited long enough. Gentlemen, Joshua chapter guy ran, 1235 broke the 5k world record one of you know you know i think it was like 16 year world record formerly bikele's lightning fast just dropping 60 seconds like a million times in a row in the 400 i mean holy shit holy shit that was fast it was like watching a damn alien out there like the guy just cranked he was consistent he looked strong the whole entire time um I think there's something to be said for he wasn't going after like any like titles for the last like six months, right? He could just train totally for this. Um, I like how they had like the two, two rabbits for him, setting him up the whole way, right? You just had to, it just like felt like they were making a big event out of it. They talked about the whole time. Uh, just the kahunas on him. It was, it was, it was awesome. A couple things. First is the dude, I mean, he, he, like Babe Ruth, he called a shot in this, right? So he, mm-hmm. he said he was going to break the world record in this race to so to say you're going to do it and go out and run this unbelievable time that's amazing second thing is when you have a you know i think it was a 16 or an 18 year old world record in probably one of the most important events in the sport about to go down and you have somebody that's coming down the home stretch looking like they're going to break this record you need to do two things you mm-hmm. need to show the finish line where that, where that runner has to go to, to break this record. And you need to show a clock to see if he's going to break that record. And the broadcast did neither one of those things. So you have Chepta guy coming down the home stretch and you have that cool kind of dolly cam on the infield kind of watching him run down. But that's not the time you use it. You use it the whole rest of the race but when there's a world record that's about to go down you have to show the finish line you have to show a clock so he's coming around that final bend into the home stretch it looks like he's on pace to run the world record he comes across the finish line and nobody can tell if he actually broke the world record so it's like what are you doing nbc you're better than this yeah and i was happy to see the running world like actually calling this out right like usually we're the only ones screaming about terrible stuff like this the running world was best and as they should be i mean that was you can that that is a can't miss moment i mean the first like true track meet back and i mean this is going to be the story every track fan 
in the world is going to be watching the highlights of this race. This is the biggest moment in our sport this year. And you just completely screw it up. How, how, how do you miss that? I mean, you had 12 minutes and 35 seconds to set up for that moment. You had six freaking months to set up for that moment. And we don't even see the dude cross the finish line in the fastest 5k of all time. In, in, the eight, in 18 years, when this record gets broken again, they're going to go back to this footage and everybody's going to be like, look at this terrible footage. There's no clock. There's no shot of him crossing the finish line. Just Steve, worse than, pathetic. worse than that, Chep the guy is not going anywhere. What, what does this do, 22 years old? I mean, yeah. I know that this is like not the hottest take in the world, but we are looking at the, I mean, the next decade is going to be Cheptegei. I mean, the last decade has been Kipchoge. It's been Bekele. It's been Mo Farah. The next decade of our lives, Joshua Cheptegei is the guy. He is going to be the greatest distance runner in the world over the next decade. And world records, every world record should be shaking in their boots watching this guy. Everything from the 5K up. And I'm talking all the way up to the marathon because I will tell you what, he's, just like Bekele and Kipchoge, he is going to climb the ranks. And, I mean, this – I'm calling my shot like 10 years in advance. This is going to be the world record holder in the marathon in, you know, in the future. This is the guy. So, my point is, every time, you know, in peak too early in 10 years when we're going to go back and do a peak too early classic and we go to look up the, the you know, 2025K uh, world record that he ran, we're going to have to wa- – we're going to have nothing to watch. There's going to be no race because we didn't see him cross the damn finish line. So this is going to be a highlight forever. And we're just going to have to watch that com- Royal screw up forever. Yeah. But we'll have seen that he's above like right at the pace or right ahead of it. Cause those lights the whole time. Cause the so. green lines. That's right. So you don't even need to see the finish. Cause you have these Thank dumb God lights for the on the green track. lines. <laughs> so, Hey, I got a couple more things on this before we move on to another event. So 1235 four, that, that is a 403, 403 pace. Did I do my math correct on that? Sounds good to me. Yeah, you think I'm going to check that? Yeah, so I think that's a 403 pace. Just for all of the the non-runners out there, flow. this guy ran over three miles at four minutes and three second pace. And uh, my question is actually going to be for Flo, how long, how many months of training would it take Sony Michelle to run this pace? <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever it would take you to run that pace, I would subtract a couple months subtract probably four or five months uh you asshole um <laughs> and then and then my last comment and and please and you know i think every once in a while you know people know that we're, we're i mean we're we're big track fans but we're probably more casual than than the the track nerds um so excuse me if this is an ignorant question but didn't the diamond league do away with the 5k last year wasn't that like a big story didn't we spend like a whole episode bashing the diamond league for doing away with the 5k was it yeah, the they're... 5k i can't even yeah remember it was we, we yeah. bashed we spent an entire episode bashing the diamond league for doing away with the 5k so they got, it... got rid of it but not for every race right they said okay. on a few select diamond meets they would bring back some of the events that had gone but That's i tell right. you what if this doesn't motivate them to put that back because right now you're right. starting from scratch right everything gets thrown out the window with this whole like summer off that you've had and this is the first one it doesn't motivate them to get it back in normal rotation. I don't know what does. Well, that, that's so, my point. It's like it's like you have the first track meet back, first real meet back in, you know, 
a half a year and the highlight moment is the 5k so like what are we doing diamond league bring back this event guys this wasn't even my favorite event of the night not even my favorite event of the night it might not even be my top two favorite events of the night uh the next one i want to talk about was the men's 1500 our guy tim chariot running like an absolute lunatic he went out in a 1552 seconds just running like an absolute madman had gapped the entire field by like 15 meters i thought the dude was gonna like break like 320 in the 1500 comes back down to earth comes the the whole pack comes back to him and he still manages to beat everybody still run a crazy fast time i mean this guy is a beast and i don't know what he was trying to prove out there i don't know what he was trying to do but he is for as good of this is going to sound weird but as good of a racer as he is right and the fact that like he does not lose he beats everybody all the time no matter how he runs he stinks at racing like he just has no (laughs) idea what he's doing out there he just goes out there and does whatever he wants and just in the last 400 decides he's gonna beat everyone wild that's what i love about him he he has he has horrible form right you watch him run compared to those other 1500 meters i mean you look at like the inger britson brothers and they just have beautiful form in their you know tight speed suits right and then you got him he just kind of hunched over he's like falling forward but he's 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 unbelievable and and my question to you guys is do you think that the pacers screwed up and went out that fast or did you think that he had them go out that fast for as a race tactic it, in my mind, it doesn't matter because if you're the best miler on planet Earth, you know if the pacers are going out too fast. Like, like that's, that's not something that's surprising to you. You are the best in the world at this. Nobody in the world is better at this event, at this you know one thing than you. So if the pacers are going crazy, you got to know that. I mean, you just got to know that but, happen. But Chariot might be the guy that – that doesn't right he might be the guy that's just like he's just he's just he's uh, the best in the world and he's just ultra competitive and he likes he's just like i'm gonna run from the front today and there was a couple times where he went out with the pacers and he was looking over his shoulder and you could tell he was kind of freaking out he was like i went out way too fast i went out in 52.5 what the hell am i doing so i part of me thinks that this was a mistake and this wasn't strategy and he was just like you know when we come back, it's going to be, it's going to be world competitions. It's going to be the Olympics. It's going to be tactical. It's like, I want to run a fast race today. So I'm going to go out. And he comes through that first 400 and he's like, "Uh Oh, we went out way too hard. I mean, I, I would lean on what you said, Steve there. I think it's more likely there was at least paces went a little too fast with how fast they went. But Cherry could also be the guy that just is like goes to the paces before the race. And he's like, listen, I don't care what anyone else said. Like, <laughs> We're doing something I'm crazy. I'm freaking today. fast right now. And then the paces go out and they feel him like nipping at his heels, right? Like he's the guy who the coach comes up with the game plan for and everything is like laid out. They know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to run really fast. And then within the 400 meters game plan out the window because he went out way too hard. And he might have been telling the pacers that and he might have been nipping at their heels. So is it more likely the pacers went a little too fast? Yes. But something about Chariot's personality makes me think, you know, he was a motivating factor for that. I could totally see him being the kind of guy to just like pass the pacers. You know what I mean? The first lap, <laughs> yeah. just go right by him. So here's a, here's a couple Chariot facts I wanted to spell out for you guys. Tim Chariot has not lost in nine straight 1500 meter races. That's pretty good. 
but since August of 2017. So this is three years. In a three-year span, he is 23-2 and two in the 1,500 meters. And that is including, that is including heats and semifinals. Love that stat. The guy, That's my favorite part of the stat. The guy yeah. just doesn't like to come across the, the, the line no matter what in anything other than first place. I love that. Yes. Mike, that's, that's what you got on. Uh, I mean, well, there, there was several layers to that, but that's why that's where your beef with Ben Blankenship started, right? It's just like, no, run right. through the line, stop being condescending, run, your, run what you're supposed to run in that heat. So another guy in this race that we'd be stupid not to talk about Jakob, is that his? yeah? I'm going with Jakob. Jakob. I think it's Jakob. Yeah, I think it's Jakob. Jakob This dude is 19 years old. Yep. yep. I mean, he, okay. So two questions for you: Is this guy going to be the greatest miler of all time? And second of all, how long until there is a huge Jakob Ingebrigtsen scandal? I mean, you can't be 19 years old <laughs> running 328 in the 1500 meters in Monaco. Like, yeah, trying to run down, you know, the greatest in the world, this superstar in your country. You have reality TV show about you. I mean, there's going to be a scandal. There's going to be a big scandal. Big time. We talked big about uh, Chepta guy is going to be around for a while. Uh, Ingebrigtsen makes Chepta guy look like a senior citizen. This guy's not even 20 years old yet. Uh, is he going to be the best man in the world? Yes. Is there going to be a scandal? I couldn't agree with more with you, well, Michael. I love that dig. And, and, and that's the thing, right? Like, if, if he doesn't get, like, thrown out of the sport, he will probably break the world record. But what Definitely. will come first? Will he break the world record or will he get, you know, destroyed, you know, mentally and, like, you know, be this, like, you know, the young pop star who, like, comes up and, like, gets into drugs and ruins his life at like age 21 and then has like a, you know, a coming to God 10 years later, which comes first. Is he going to break the world record or is he going to get canceled out of the sport first? You were just describing Justin Bieber there, right? Where exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Justin Bieber has both. He's the pop star. We all know and love. And he also kind of flamed out for a bit. So maybe, maybe he can have both. Right. How much, how much does uh, his brothers hate him? They're just like, We've been at this grinding, building our family name, and then you come out, and then you're just you're just naturally the best one of all of us. Plus, it's like everything air, you have is diamond earring. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we put the training together. We got all these coaches that get to you. You have all the best nutritionists in the world. I'm sure the best physical therapist, the best masseuse, whatever, because of us, you jerk. The younger brothers. All right, men's 800 meter. Donovan Brazier does his thing. I mean, there's no real storyline there. The guy doesn't lose. He beats everybody. The real story is Bryce Hopple almost beat him. I mean, Bryce Hopple almost beat him. And we talked about in the past how it must be infuriating for a guy like Bryce Hopple where it's like he should be this like mega superstar, but he just has to grow up in the era of Donovan Brazier. But there is going to come a time when Hopple gets that, you know, that scalp and it was almost set up here, right? Like we've seen Hopple's kick to the finish and it, he wasn't that far away coming down the home stretch. So I do think, I mean, more often than not, Brazier will obviously beat him, but I think Hopple will get him eventually. I think when you look at these two guys run, you look at Brazier and I mean, we've talked about it so much on this podcast, but you watch a guy like Brazier run and you say, listen, this is a guy at the peak of his performance. He's a world beater right now. He's by far the best in the world, but it's like, 
I don't know how much better this guy can get. He is like, he's just, he, he's performing at the highest possible level. And then you watch a guy like Koppel run, right? And he's performing step below that, but at a very high level. And you watch him run and you're just like, man, this guy's got a long way to go. Like his stride isn't perfect. He hasn't like filled out like as an athlete yet. He's still, it looks like he's still kind of growing. So it's like, maybe Hopple still has a, has a ways to go in his development. And maybe he'll make this more of a, a competition throughout their career. And I just, I was taking notes through this. And I just, uh, after this race, I just wrote down bird magic question mark. So let's see, like if Hopple continues to progress, right? I mean, there, there's no doubt that Brazier's the clear number one in this, in this rivalry, but maybe we might see like one of the great rivalries in this sport as these two young 800 meters runners are kind of coming up and, and kind of growing. And it looks like they, they're developing kind of a, the reason I said that they kind of dapped each other up after the race, you know, they're, they're different teams, right? They're different brands, but they look to be developing kind of a friendship. So it would be kind of cool to see like a friendly, like intense rivalry between these two over the next couple of years. Yeah. The close finish takes nothing away from the dominance that Brazier has shown, but it just like makes you believe that there is that chance of that rivalry, right? It gives, it's nothing like against Brazier for being close, but it's a lot like for Hopple to show that he could be there uh, on a good day like that. So that's a great point, Steve. This could be a really fun. Um, it's just exciting because of how young both those guys are. We could have a really fun 800 meter group in the U S for years to come. I'm coming hot with the basketball analogies lately. I just realized that I was talking about Rashid Wallace last episode. I threw out a, a Hoosiers analogy earlier this episode and now bird magic. I don't know what it is, but the basketball analogy is just coming to me right now. He's got a little notebook next to his microphone that he just, every time he thinks of a good analogy, you just <laughs> got to jot it down. I got Bill Simmons book of basketball. I'm just kind of <laughs> That's flipping right. through. Yes. Um, so I got a couple more notes on this race, a little random ones, but did you guys have anything you wanted to shout out before we uh, close up with final notes? Yeah, dude, so much, so much. I mean, I mean, before we kind of before we kind of dive into some of the smaller notes, we got to talk about the Lyles brothers. I mean, one, two what? in in the in the in the two hundred, uh, you know, and you know the Noah kind of with the with the tribute there with the with the glove on. But of I course. mean, that's got to be that's got to be the coolest feeling in the world, right? You go out to Monaco in this international event you're the best in the world you come across the finish line you turn around your brother's there we were talking about joking about the ingerbritsons earlier but you turn around your younger brother's number two right behind you i mean that's gotta feel that's gotta be a very very cool feeling i'm obviously definitely not the smartest track fan of all time right like i don't know everything there's to know about it and when it comes to the sprints i'm even worse so maybe this is super ignorant but i had no idea that there was another Lyles out there. And I certainly had no idea that there was another Lyles out there who is really freaking good. I mean, this is going to be so awesome if these two just, like, take the 200 by storm. And, like, imagine they go, like, gold, silver at the Olympics or something crazy like that. That would be, I mean, unbelievable story. Yeah, talk about jealous brothers, right? The Ingebrigtsons, yeah. at least they get to all be on the reality TV show. I mean, where has the other Lyles brothers been? But... <laughs> I do want to, you brought up the, the, the tribute with the black glove that Noah did. I just love Tommy Smith that, and John Carlos. Right? Yeah. I love that uh, Noah is just not afraid to have the attention on him, right? Like he likes being in the spotlight. He invites the attention. He, he wants to put on a show in all sorts of ways, right? To, to do a, a, a 
great tribute and also like he's he likes the attention right doing like stuff on the starting line to get the cameras flashing on him i mean we talk about brazier a lot because he is a dominant superstar but that's because we're more of a distance running podcast i mean noah is like the brazier of the sprints right he is just a absolute dominant superstar who invites the camera and he is just what the sport needs yeah and, Open, and like with his twitter and saying stuff like yep. i i think that you know you you look at him and they're they're very different people and the way they're going about promoting themselves is completely different but you watch him run and you watch how he's the the best in the world and he has a super outgoing energetic personality it's like could this be are you saying bolt could this be like the oh, next yeah. personality in the sport that that brings the sport to the next level and i think us as as uh you know track fans in the united states we have to embrace him as such like we have to embrace him as like you know our guy like are you saying bold and that, so that tribute too it's like i mean that's a tribute to one of the most iconic <clears throat> moments in not just track history but in sports history in american history i mean you have to be a certain type of person to pull that off right like not anybody not just anybody can go out there and like have that tribute be that powerful. I mean, Noah Lyles is the guy though, right? Like he is the guy. He is the guy in the American scene right now. He's the guy in the track world. The personality is outrageous. I just, I need to see more of him doing this cool stuff, being a super like vocal dancing before and after his races. Like we just, that, that he is the guy we need to rally around. Like, cause we talk, like you said, we talk about Donovan Brazier a lot, but like Donovan Brazier is amazing to watch on the track but i mean he's not like some like super personality off the track that gets a bunch of buzz going no lyles is is the face of track and fields for america yeah yeah for sure for sure a couple other notes here i just wrote down uh mondo exclamation point mondo duplantis is just absolutely dominating um friend of the program jessica hull got an mm-hmm, uh, australian mm-hmm. national record um, Dude, up against like i mean that's a stacked field. I mean, that was yeah. a, like, put her on, you know, the world stage, like, hey, look at me, I'm, I'm here type of performance. Like, unbelievable race. Can we yeah. talk about that race real quick? The sure, sure. Okay, there. So, Safan Hassan drops out with three laps to go. Um, you know, dominant runner here. It wasn't having her day. It, it pissed me off how gentle the announcers were about yeah. it when she drops out. Like, oh, I hope she's okay and all this stuff. Like, if a runner drops out because they know they lost with a couple laps to go, I mean, yeah. don't be afraid to throw a little shade on that person, right? Like, oh, you know, or at least call it out that that's what she's doing, right? The announcers in track just tend to be, especially the big race, like this, just like so gentle and so nervous. Like, like call it out for what it is. She dropped out because she knew she wasn't going to win because the other two got broken. Front, yeah, she got broke. It was like three laps to go and the pace just was pushing and she was hurting and, and she couldn't do it. So you know what? Like call it like it is. Um, I think that would just be better for the sport to be more honest like that. I just I know like that's something we all I think believe in, right? Like just finish the race that you started. And we've praised Safan Hassan for being a badass before on this podcast. But when I saw that, I was like, that's that's weak. Like that's the weakest shit like I've seen in the sport in a long time. So um, I was not... I was not pumped when I saw that, but but props to to Jessica Hall. Um, and then I just wanted to make a comment on kind of the the social media post Diamond League race and how like the entire USA team was just hanging out on a yacht in in like on the ocean in Monaco for two days. It looked like the most fun thing in the world. I mean, you just had like you had you know like everybody you know from Shannon Roeberry to 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 raven rogers jessica hall don brazier just like posting pictures of 
angles doing stupid shit in the water. It is just like, oh my god, that it like that if there's anywhere in the world I could be right now, would be on that yacht <laughs> in, in Monaco, hanging out with those people. Trent, you got any other uh, notes there on this? No, no, I think we hit everything I want to talk about. You sure? Uh, let me just nothing. look through the notes here. Ooh, what's this about the hundred? No, no, nothing. No, okay. <laughs> Um, so my final note was, oh my God, this, uh, this steeplechase guy, I don't know. I mean, he's like the best steeplechase in the world. I didn't know anything about him. Uh, El Bacale or whatever. Did you guys watch this guy? I mean, electric factory. This guy has got the per. Oh my God. So he's this like string bean skinny dude and he's on the line and you know, like people, they call out their names and they show them on the camera. He's flexes his muscle like no definition at all he's just like smacking his muscle like hilarious pre and then he's coming down the home stretch he screamed like the entire last hundred meters just losing <laughs> his mind celebrating pumping his fist he's an electric factory were we sure... talking about him after the world championships last summer probably, wasn't he like probably. mixing it up like wasn't he like there was some he was like yelling at somebody after one of the water barriers i forget exactly i'm gonna have to go back and listen but we, Maybe, I, yeah. I remember he got into some sort of like mini controversy on the track last summer i don't know but i'm gonna be looking out for his races every week now because he was incredible to watch um all right let's transition over to the music city distance carnival uh we just spent a lot of time in monaco so we'll kind of go through this quick as far as my notes go uh, the men's 1500 was the unveiling of the new on running team. You had a bunch of those guys in there and front of the program. program. Yeah. Front of the program. Ollie whore ran like a badass ran from Dude the front fire right now. Yeah. Took the lead early. Didn't leave it till the end and just blew away the field. I think it was like 334 or something. He looked real good. Our guy Prakel, not far, not far behind him in second place. He had a great race, dude. I feel like Prakel takes out every single race. I feel like he yeah. leads every single mile, which I love. Yep. And he, he just seems like he always, you know, is second place, third sure, place. Yeah. But he's always, always right putting mix. himself in the lead. Yeah. So uh, hey, can I can I start off before we dive too much into results here? I got a couple comments about the Music City uh, yeah, yeah. Distance Festival. Five and a half hour broadcast. What yep. are we doing? What are you doing? Five and a half even, hours. There wasn't even that many you events. Wanna, no, you want to how? Like nobody will tune out faster than you trying to put together a five and a half hour track meet. It was like, and the time between events was outrageous. They had to stop and they had to do all these interviews, which which was entertaining. Make them quicker. Do just the winners. Get people on the track. Start the next event. Five and a half hours. I mean, it took me like four days to watch this watch this meet kind of go through and watch each event. What are you doing? And they have a men's mile and a men's 1500 meters. What the hell is going on? Why? Why? This makes no sense to me. I, was, I agree, Steve. But what I will say is, did you notice in the like replay version? Because I didn't watch it live. The replay version on the little scrolly thing on the bottom, they had yeah. it broken up to different races with like, so you could scroll on the bottom. It showed you exactly where each race started. I kind of like that. Cool. that was no, Trent no, seems like he's pissed no, off. Oh, no, okay, no, no, he's no, pissed. no, he's no, pissed. no, no, he's no. Pissed. You better believe what? I didn't sit down and watch five and a half hour broadcast live. I barely watched any track on this show. I went back to watch the replay. 
and those were off all the freaking times were off you still had to go in like scroll yeah. every two minutes to try and find what you're watching if you're gonna put the times there i agree mike it was really helpful theoretically but it was totally off <laughs> It pissed but me I mean, off, Michael. It pissed me off. <laughs> if you're a race director and you're putting together a meet, like, like you got to have some awareness of what people want to watch. Like, ultimately, like, you're doing it for people to watch and people to enjoy, right? Five and a half hours is, like, inexcusable. Like, that is insane. It is insane to expect people to watch track. And, and, and a small fraction of that was actually the action, right? Like maybe maybe 25% of that time, maybe even less, was the actual action. And, you know, I know, I know there was significantly less people, significantly less events. But the Big Friendly did a really good job of getting people on the track, starting, moving on. There, was, there wasn't much time in between events. They did a very good job of it. And the other, my, my, you know, I don't want to beat up on the Music City uh, Distance Festival or what is it? The Music City Distance Festival, right? Um, I don't want to Whatever, beat up. Yeah. On, I don't want to beat up on them too much, but like, what was going on with the video with the the camera coverage? Mm-hmm. Like they had they had like the four cameras set up on the four different corners of the track, and it was like zoomed out and poor quality. I wrote down. <laughs> I wrote down. It looked like it looked like you know um, you know how you have those like the the ring doorbells have the video camera you know you can you can watch like yeah, video yeah. Camera. that's what it looked like it looked like somebody set up like four ring doorbells around the track and they just kept switching to the different ring doorbell cameras like you couldn't see what was going on it was very strange and i know that i know that this is difficult i know that they had to kind of pull this together and and do it virtually in a way that they haven't had to do in the past but man this was tough to watch like i I don't know, man. Like, if we can't, if we can't make it through an event like that, like, who are you trying to, who are you, who are you showing this to? Right, especially when you're competing with Monaco that weekend, who did it fantastically. And to your point, Steve, they screwed up the best race of the night. The women's 800 meter was by far the best race of the night, and you had an incredible battle coming down the home stretch. I think it was, oh man, I could be wrong. I think it was Sierra Brown who ended up winning it. Is that? right maybe i believe so but she was when the so the camera was like kind of following them similar to the world record coverage like on the side by side and then they left the camera screen and when they left the camera screen she was losing and then you can still hear the commentator saying that she like just edges her out and wins but you can't see the finish line you literally are not watching anybody run you're looking at an empty track when they're commentating this and it's like that was the best event of the night you had this incredible kick to the finish you had people holding off kicks and you couldn't see it you literally just could not see them finish it was terrible just one other thing on that our guy ben flanagan ran a personal Mm -hmm. best kind of coming out running well he finished second in that race um yeah ollie whore is a force right now dude is just feeling it guys in a groove crushing it like he's 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 you know, he's, it's exciting to watch. And it just kind of goes back to, you know, it really, really thinks that this guy didn't have an opportunity to fight for another national championship indoor and outdoor because the guy is fit and he is running really well. Can we go back to the 5K with Ben Flanagan real yeah. quick? I mean, can we carve off like five seconds off of his PR, please? Because, I mean, the amount of traffic he had to run through in that <laughs> race, they put like 50 guys on the track. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but they put a million guys on the track. And listen to this disparity. 
the winner of the race ran 1338. The last place guy ran 1528. You had a two minute disparity. So you had guys getting lapped like twice. You had guys having to jump out to like, I think like Flanagan on like his last lap had to bounce out to that lane like three to pass people. I mean, it was a disaster. Like it was the, you had people who weren't even there. I mean, 1528 is a respectable 5k, but you can't be putting them up with these guys who are going sub 14 and having all on the same track. Yeah. I mean, that yeah, was just right. absurd. That's like putting us on the track out there. But Michaelton, yeah. we recently had discussion about getting out of the way for guys going in, mm, you know, for world records and such. Ben's not even going for world record here. He's going for a PR, and you're complaining that guys did not get out I'm of the way for I'm it. not I saying – no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's the guys on the track's fault. I'm saying why are we putting all these people you're right. on the same track? If you're going to be in the same racism, I don't think it's your responsibility to move out of the way for anybody. But we shouldn't be having guys who are seated – Two minutes, minutes apart slow. from each other yeah. in a five k. I mean, that's just insane. That's that doesn't no, you're, help you're anybody. Right. That's not Trent, good I, for anybody. I do appreciate where you're going with that trend, and I and I still stand firmly in my stance on that. Um, but yeah, no, th- this is this is a this is like a director organizer's you know fault here. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna like put together an event where you're bringing in the caliber of these athletes, you can't be putting a fifteen twenty guy on the line with them. You just can't. So I didn't think we were going to go down the hole of just shitting on this race for like 15 minutes, but I think it worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, there's just so many like small things that you could have done to make this a little bit better and speeding it up in between events. It should be the highest of priorities when it is a, when you're doing it live on, on, you know, virtually for people to watch. Okay. It's time to get to the bad news. That was a lot of good news. We had a lot of results, a lot of things happening. So Dang, yeah. It's fun talking about real track meets again. This is great. It's fun. And, hey, credit to us. That was pretty good analysis, I would say. Yeah. I mean, for, We've come for a, a couple, long way in a year, boys. We've for a couple a of dumb way. jocks like us, I mean, that was pretty freaking good. We got pretty nerdy there for a little bit, I must say. Good dust. But let's get into the bad news. Cross country's canceled. It's done. Ugh. Not happening. I mean... Like, we knew it was coming, right? Like, I mean, it's not a surprise, but you had that like hope that maybe because all these sports are coming back, maybe there's something there. And no, it's just, it's done. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really stinks. And like you said, we knew this was coming. Like when, you know, teams are dropping out, you know, conferences are dropping out, you know, 70% of the NCAA had dropped out before this announcement. And they made the announcement. And it was just like, shit this is real like it's real like you're not having cross country this year and i know that they're, they might do it in the spring or they might kind of do accelerated seasons but you know i've been thinking a lot about this lately and we're watching basketball right now watching hockey playoffs right now and which is great like i enjoy watching the celtics i enjoy watching the bruins i don't feel the same way about it you know as if it was at, at the time that it should be because i mm-hmm. realize that so much about sports for me is seasonal and the reason i get excited about sports is because they're being played when they're supposed to be played like say ncaa football gets pushed to the spring it's going to be really hard for me to get excited about that because i'm not i'm not waking up on a fall crisp morning and it's it's hoodie weather and you know the 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 leaves are falling and you're just kind of you're going out to the tailgate and it's just it's it's just 
it's almost too cold to be out there. And it's just like when, when football's not being played during that or cross country's not being played during that, it just doesn't feel right. And if you do it at a different time of year, it's, you know, we're going to, we're going to watch it and we're going to get Take excited it. about it, but it, but most of it will be manufactured excitement just because I, I didn't realize how much of sports is the time of year that it comes for me. I think another tough part about this is that we don't have other cross country that it's going to fill the void here. Right. When track gets canceled for NCAA, like there is some pro track and we had to take a break for a while. Right. But they, they, they figured out the big friendlies. They figured out, um, you know, the diamond league is coming back now, obviously with cross country. I mean, there's like one, maybe like one or two meets that are, that are cool. That will happen maybe this year, probably not, but there's not like any other cross country races that are really going to fill this void. We are just going to be cross country list for, probably 12 months um, or, or longer. I really hope they find a way to like the college kids that are out there, maybe bend the rules a little bit about um, running in pro races or, or doing something on the side and not losing your eligibility. Cause you have all these runners now, all these athletes that are in such limbo. Like, what do you do, right? If you're a pretty good runner and you're, you know, a junior right now, is there even a guarantee CrossFit's going to be back, you know, a year from now, like who knows what's going to go on. And I think we would all like assume it is, but you can't be sure. So all these people are in such limbo. I just hope like NCAA just bends, bends some rules on eligibility on it. This one's tough for me. I have a take that like, I don't know if it's the most popular take, if people are going to give me heat for it. I don't care though. I'm going to say outside of the Olympics, this is like my number one. Don't want to give it up. Like would I let me, let me rephrase? I would trade any other event in the running calendar except for the Olympics and like Olympic trials of that stature, right? Anything to do with the Olympics, anything else, I would trade to have cross country national championship back. That Boston is my Marathon. favorite. We started. I, yeah, this, I would trade. I would trade Boston. I would we trade started Boston. This podcast. We started this podcast as a podcast that was going to cover ncaa cross country yes. like that was kind of like the original vision obviously we've gone in many many different directions with it and it's it's way cooler than we originally thought but that was the original kind of idea for this podcast and and trent you bring up boston i knew that was gonna be the first one to prep i love the nostalgia of boston i love the history of boston it is my favorite like pure race but as far as like competition goes and like getting behind and and watching as a fan right like just pure sports watching nothing beats cross country national championship for me. It is, it's just my favorite. I feel the most invested in it. I feel like it's the most like easy to create games and betting and just like get behind a team. There's team championship. There's individual story. I mean, it's, it's the best. It's my favorite. So that I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm bummed about this one. I really am. Like I would trade every diamond league meet, the whole package. I'll give you every single Diamond League meet for one NCAA cross country. You don't even have to have the season. Get rid of Nutty Comb. Get rid of everything else. I just want the national championship. I want the XE national championship. I want to see some, you know, guys and gals slugging through mud. I want to see the little score thing on the side flip-flopping up and down. I want not to see, updating you know, fast enough. not updating fast enough, me screaming at flow track. I – I want to see, you know, the uh, what are their names there? The the lumberjacks get upset again. Like I just, I want, I need it. I want it all. So I'm hurting. I'm, I'm hurting yeah. on this. I knew it was coming, but it was one of those things where it was like we've been through this a million times with sports right now, right? Like we've known we, throughout the entire pandemic that all these sports were canceled. 
But every time they get canceled, it doesn't hurt any less. It still stinks. Yeah. So I mean, I just keep thinking about like, you know, being an athlete cross country. Like, I mean, that's the thing I miss the most. I mean, it was some of those mornings were some of like the worst mornings, but they're what I miss the most. You know, you get up way too early. You take the bus there. You get off the bus. You got that that pit in the stump in your stomach that starts growing as soon as you get off the bus. You go find your spot where your team's gonna kind of hang out, make. You know, camp you do your you do your warm-up you run by the the boxes kind of put in the in the dirt with the with the chalk it's just like the whole thing it's just like that's gone for a year right and that's just like it's the most like you said to us it's the most important part of the sport i think i uh maybe boston marathon you wouldn't trade it for but i think i thought of the race mike the Shacklet invitational peak too early <laughs> two mile yeah point trim good point Trent I don't like to say this these are these are three words I don't like to say a lot Trent good point Trent love it well, close I was gonna say you you're right Trent oh, okay I'll take that one too you're you're right Trent I was gonna say you were right Trent but then I realized that was four words so I had to make a quick adjustment and guys that's all I got for the news so that's the news but guys yeah we we are we are on the eve of the start of the p2e two mile like I can't wait. Like, this is something that we've been talking up. We've been promoting forever. You know, we have, we have a, a big group of people that is joining us. We got, you know, as of on the eve of the, of the, uh, of the P2E two mile, we have just under a hundred people signed up. So thank you everybody that's signed up, but, but I'm pumped. This is going to be, it's going to be a good time. Can't wait to see some of the times that are thrown down. How's everybody's so, training going? I'm good. I'm right. I told you I was on the track with cargo shorts guy. I was doing my final workout. I'm feeling fresh. I'm feeling fast. I, you know, keeping things normal, having beers tonight. It's championship season, taper season, the whole deal. I mean, I'm ready to go. I haven't been able to walk normally for over two weeks now. Oh, so, so it's going good. 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 So good. you're probable then. Yeah. I'm in some serious, serious trouble guys. Like I, oh, yeah, so- I, I tried going for a run and I hobbled for the next 48 hours. Like, I think there's something really wrong with my Achilles. So that's a good point, Trent. Let's go fantasy football on this, right? Like they, you either have the little P next to your name that means probably, you get the little Q next to your name, means questionable, you get the little D says doubtful, and then you get the O that means out. Where are you, Steve? I'm a big time D hovering on doubtful. The D. Dude, if you if you see a D next to one of your guys' names, that's an O. You're sitting down. Yeah, yeah. That guy, dude. Put put him know, on the bench. Put Maybe yourself as him. a Q. Put yourself as a Q. I mean, everybody puts himself as a Q, even if they're not going to play. Everybody's a Q. I mean, here's the but thing. You got like, nothing to you got nothing to lose by putting nothing yourself to as lose. A Q. The like, NFL doesn't I, actually care. I was in decent shape before this injury started, and I'm confident that if I were to go out there and gut through the pain, like I could put I could put together a decent time, but it might be the last time I ever run. Like, I think I'm on the verge of some serious damage right now. So I'm, oh, I'm in trouble. No, I'm, I'm in trouble. It sounds like trouble. you should take a few days off here, maybe a few weeks. I've been taking maybe. two weeks off. Yeah. Well, keep that up at, add a few LBs to yourself. Get to that. That's 200, what I get your Achilles healthy and then hit the track. You can just run yours a little bit later and just do half the distance. Well, the I'll tell it. you what I have, I have taken this time to, I've been, I've been in the gym. I've been living in the gym and I've been, I've been balking, right? Games. Let me tell you boys, like I am putting on some muscle. I'm cultivating some mass. Like if, if I can't be running right now, I'm, I'm, I'm working on, I'm working on getting the, getting the poundage up. 
You're still training. You were still I'm training. I'm still for a race. training. Like the training hasn't stopped. Like I'm still training. It's just a different kind of training. Like, you know, I, I, I what did uh what did Max say? You know, uh, when he was cultivating mass, it's like you know you can't. You know, Michelangelo had to have a slab of marble before he carved the the statue of David, right? So I'm just Good you point. know cultivating mass here. Cultivating mass might be the best description for you know hitting the gym or, or getting big <laughs> that I've ever heard. How you guys feeling? How how you feeling, Trent? How you feeling, Flo? Well, I'll tell you what, I feel great. My heart rate monitor has been working just fine. I actually upgraded because my old one wasn't working as well. So I'm following that heart rate. I have not hit the track yet, but I'm a with strength come speed guy, right? I'm just hitting the strength, keeping my Achilles healthy. Um, so I'm I'm ready to hit the hit the track this week. I don't know when I'm gonna run it yet. I'm still figuring that out, but I feel good. Yeah, I'm honestly I feel good. I feel healthy and when a couple months ago when we started talking about this race, that was really my biggest concern. Could I train to get a respectable time, but not have my catcher knees kind of bail on me? So I've trained hard, but I've trained smart and I feel great. And Mikey puts out a video uh, yesterday, two days ago. He's like, where is everybody? Where is it? Mike, the training was in the last two to three months, but Mikey's hey, he's like, in the barn. Hay's hey, in the barn. Rain. Yeah, the hay's in the barn. You filled up the, the coin jar, whatever it is you want to say. The training's over, bud. Like, so you can keep yelling on Instagram if you want. The training's done. We'll, we'll see you out there. Well, I will say the, the part that I'm most excited about is to see what how you perform on Friday night because this is a big question mark here, right? Like, you know, if you come out and, and you kind of you kind of surprise all of us and you throw down an impressive time, like, I'm going to be very impressed. Um, but I'm just curious to see, you know, what a former what a former baseball player can do after off of a couple months of training. It, it'll be other... interesting because I go on you go on Friday and I'm going on Saturday. So you fair, by the way. You could really put that no, you're thinking about it the wrong way. You could really put some pressure on me, right? Like you could have me you could have me real nervous. You know what I mean? If you drop some crazy time, you might get in my head a little bit. There's no Michael way that's... break under pressure. There's no way that's an advantage. But the other thing, too, that I'm interested, shout out Cam Sarcina, college baseball teammate training to run a marathon um, for a charity. He may drive down to Chumpsford, Mass. on Friday night to run uh, in the same heat. So we might see a couple Ooh. of impressive times for a couple of baseball guys because he's been training Ooh. for a marathon, crushing miles. A little baseball showdown? This is going to be one pretty- showdown, bud, and I'm looking at him. <laughs> This is going to be pretty telling to Flo's uh, argument about the former football players versus the washed-up runners, you know, who could run faster. Sure. So if the baseball players put a good performance in, then maybe I'll be swayed on that argument. Just saying, can I just get like a, uh, I have a, do we have like a breaking news, uh, breaking news sound that we have? Because I got some breaking news coming into me right now to pro Flo. I mean, buddy, you're the producer. I think if you want breaking news sounds, you got I'm going to put some sounds. unbelievable right breaking news. Everybody stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, calm. everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm. Wait, 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 wait. I put up a thing that uh, said the f- first five people to come back to me that want to help me relive my dream to get a cameo. And we just got the fifth one in. Joe Rand, he got somebody to give one to, to buy a shirt, and he's going to send me the screenshot, and we're going to get the cameos coming out soon. Thank you to everyone. We actually went over five, but I'm feeling generous. I'm going to give one to everyone that wanted one. So shout out. Yeah, guys, and, and don't forget that, you know, we have, we have the two miles, so everybody's got to enter their time at some point between uh, 
tomorrow morning and uh, and Saturday morning. Get it into p2evirtualrace at gmail.com. So just send the Strava link over to us so we can enter that into the results. Then Saturday night, we got a little virtual after party. So what we're doing is, like we said many times, get video, get picture, include it with your results, send it over to p2evirtualrace at gmail.com. We're going to be putting together a video. So like, you know, we can't run together. So at the virtual after party, we're going to try to make it seem like we ran together. So we're going to put together a fun video. Uh, me and ProFlow are going to be cutting that up, working on it all Saturday morning. It's going to be cool. So we're going to have that. You know, we're going to get together. We're going to be able to have a, a couple beers, you know, chill. You know, we, we had uh, last time we did one of these, we had Lewis Kent on and uh, we did some chugging racing versus him. Very good chance that, that our guy Chris Robertson is going to be on this. You know, the, the new uh, American record or former American record holder who put through down a very impressive time recently. He's going for the world record in the beer mile pretty soon. So maybe we can talk him into doing some, some chugging races. We got that. We're going to have some live performances from, uh, from the, from one of the bands that follows us. It's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think we got some special stuff planned. Yeah. We're going to have a little agenda. We're going to throw some stuff down the video, the music, the whole thing. It's going to be a good time. But then after that, who knows where the night will take us. Right. I mean, gonna be on the zoom chilling and uh guys we'll stay on as late as uh as late as the party goes right until the last person leaves so could could get a little interesting that last watch party we had was one of the funnest times quarantine too right it was like at the beginning we hadn't been out in a while um and we just had a bunch of like the p2e community come in and hang out and talk and uh talk over one another but people are pretty good about it but yeah to share a couple beers watch some stuff i mean that was a highlight so as much as i'm looking forward to laying down on the track something i probably haven't done in years um i'm just as much looking forward to that to that after party just to hang out and cheers some of the people that that ran and cheers to the winners and, and see uh people's reaction when they, they take on that championship belt I mean, and you guys, you guys listen to us every, every week on this podcast, but you know, like, like Trent said, when we did the, we did the, uh, the Boston marathon watch party, we got an, we got a chance to to talk to you guys and you guys can kind of, you know, we kind of, we kind of got to meet some of you doing that. And it was, uh, it was pretty cool. So I'm looking forward to this, this time around, you know, getting to chat with some of the people that we met last time, getting to meet the people that we, uh, that we haven't met yet, but it's going to be cool. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm I mean, a little you gotta nervous. have a good after party. What do you know? Nervous about what, Flo? Well, I race. I no, the race is the last thing. I'm more nervous for the after party, guys. I haven't met the fans. I did show up for the uh, virtual party last time, just brief uh, stint. But I don't know. Like, are they gonna? I I feel better after the support I got last weekend, but a little nervous. I've come on. I've taken. I've had some takes that I've gotten some angry DMs, and you know, you never know what you're gonna get. But this is what I signed up for, so I can't wait. Bring it on. Wh- whatever anyone has for me. Well, I mean, when you say Sony Michelle is going to beat, uh, you know, Chepta guy, right? I mean, then you, you deserve some angry tweets. I mean, do you guys hear that? That Pat was saying that Sony Michelle could be the, the world record on the 5K? I mean, you should probably tweet at him and DM and say he's crazy for that. If you're yeah, planning right. on showing up to the after party, please call out Flo or anyone else for our terrible takes. I mean, that is invited. I want to see some, like, head-to-head duels going on. Uh, with people just just ripping us apart for our takes, so that is highly encouraging. And, and Flo, I, I'm sure you'll be just fine defending your awful takes. Don't don't call me out for any takes. That's, I don't want that. I was making fun of people's Instagram names when you guys went live to watch that show. Like this is what I'm actually really <laughs> looking forward to. Is I was just ripping people's Instagram names, giving them one out of ten. 
And then, and then we, we almost glossed over the most important part of the after parties. We're going to be doing a little award ceremony. So we're going to be, you know, I think we're going to keep the results pretty close to the vest. I mean, obviously you guys, if, if you want to go doing some snooping, you'll probably see them on Strava, stuff like that, but we'll keep the results pretty close to the vest until that after party. We're going to be awarding the belts to the, uh, to the male and female winner. And then we'll also have uh, age group prizes. So our, our friends at Bell Lap Track and Field Gear are, are giving us some pretty sweet gear. So, Mike, the hat that you got last week with the cool Bell Lap mm-hmm. logo on it. So they're giving a lot us of those. comments on that, Steve. A lot of comments. But get this. They're co-branding it. So they're going to have they're going to give us those Bell Lap hats and they're going to put the P2E logo on it, too. So those are going to be you serious. Oh. Yeah. This is yeah, news to me. That. Yep. Yeah. Can we uh, can we get a few extra of those? I, I pay some big money for that. That sounds <laughs> sweet. I better yeah. win this race now. Yeah. So, I mean, we got some pretty sweet gear to give out. So I'm really looking forward to that part. If I, if I had known that, I might have trained harder, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways. All right, boys, let's kick off the bell app. Mike, what do you got for people on the bell app? You know, there's some nights, you know, you win some, you lose some. Uh, I felt like I usually prepare really well for the Bell app and all the other stuff. And, you know, the races and the actual track stuff, I kind of just wing it. Tonight, I am just winging the Bell app because I had nothing that really crept up on me fast. So what do we want to talk about? Let's see. Let's see. Let me pick my brain here. Let's talk about my puppy, right? Puppy's doing well. We had no accidents for like 10 straight days. And this morning, the puppy tried a hundred times over to tell me that he had to take a crap. It was sitting by the door, was scratching at the door. And I'm doing what I was like, dude, it's the morning. Like I'm, I'm running late for work. Just give me a second. Trying everything. He's barking at me. He's making it very well known. Shit's in the house for the first time ever. He had never done it. And it's like, it's one of those moments where it's like, how can I be mad at this guy? Right? How can, cause he tried to tell me, 10,000 times and in the back of my head I'm like I know he's got I know he's got this but my responsibilities this morning are more important so just over here being a terrible puppy owner don't know how that went just shot from the hip had nothing but that's it that's all I got way to go trot (laughs) Trent what do you got for people on the bell lap today I went out and I got myself a new pair of snowboard boots so for all you people that you know, you're thinking, when is the summer going to end, right? All these beach days, uh, all this, like, all the sunlight at 7, 8 o'clock, and I can go for runs in the evening or in the morning, and you're just looking forward to those 4 o'clock nights, and you're looking forward to the ice on the road and, and shoveling and all that stuff. Ski season is just around the corner, so I just want to shout out to all those people that, that really are looking forward to the winter. Notice how you call it ski season? Yep. Yep. It's real interesting. It's just throwing you guys a bone. That's just interesting. Flow, what do you got people in the Bell app? Uh, no, just that I am looking forward to the uh, after party. And again, thank you to everyone that kind of supported me. It's been a lot of fun doing this, and I can't wait to, you know, for being honest, I can't wait to see all the fans and, and really do this thing up on Saturday. So get ready to go. Get a cooler so you don't have to leave this, the screen. It's going to be a good time. Uh, I'm just going to throw, we haven't said this in a while, but it helps us out so much. Rate, re, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Other than that, boys, we got the P2E two-miler coming up. Let's go. I'm pumped up. Let's go. Let's go. I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Pat, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away. 
downright disrespectful trick someone similar to what he did in the mileage challenge to Trent. Colin, so, you're my boy. Hey, tell your buddy Preach. Steve. It sounds like he's a dirty cheat. So tell him he's a dirty cheat from Pro Flow. Um, thank you so much for the support. Again, you are my first cameo ever on the <laughs>